You're listening to On Our Terms, where we share our friend and founder journey and tell you how being labeled as non-traditional seems to be our superpower. We hope you enjoy the ride as much as we have. Oh my God. Even. Hello, everyone. It's Cami Padilla alongside my co-host and co-founder, Mary Meller. Thank Hello. you for tuning. Hello. Thank you for tuning into On Our Terms Live. Today, we are talking about research and why it matters so damn much. Um, so for me, when I hear the word research, I immediately think about opposition research and opposition research that is done on political campaigns, right? You research about your opponents. Candidates will go through a list of whoever is running against them and they'll be like, this person seems to be the one in the lead in my opponents, and I'm going to research the shit out of them. Um, research can feel super, super violating, but at the same time, the research you can dig up on someone is actually so, so fascinating. And then the way that it's used against people during political campaigns, well, <laughs> I used to be how I made money, baby. Right. But that's what I think about research. Mary, what do you think about when you hear research? Well, a little different. My background's not in politics, <laughs> but I do love political research. It's super interesting. We have friends who are political researchers and the dirt they find, man. Uh, but when I think about research, uh, my background's in product marketing. So I'm thinking about how do we know our customers? What's our market? Like what competitors are out there? I used to do so much competitive research and analysis, which is not that unlike political research, right? Like you're looking up uh, what your competitors are doing, how they're doing it well, what customers are saying about them. So, you know, that's research to me. I'm also in my research attire today, my collegiate look, my glasses, trying to look like a researcher over here. Call me pro Professor Clark. <laughs> Professor Clark. And Cammie's in her very, uh, I want to say Tim Cook, but I meant Steve Jobs, all black outfit. So we're I, in here today to talk about research. I really wanted to wear a leather jacket with white fur. And Mary was like, no, you're looking like Steve Jobs. But Mary, if we're going to continue to try to make a career about in our communication era, I'm going to need budget for wardrobe. Okay. Uh, twist my arm. Let's just hold <laughs> on and put down for it. <laughs> right? Okay, Mary. Well, can you dive in quickly of what everyone's going to be um, listening to later about how we thought about research? Yeah, absolutely. With all this said, you know, research and being super curious in the world um, and why people began to download and start using our product has really been a huge motivator for, for us as a team since we started the company and launched our product. So, um, you know, when we did that, it was really important to us that we didn't just self-validate like, oh my gosh, we've had 50 people buy our product. Like it must be a million dollar idea. Like, no, we really wanted to go out and make sure, um, that Vodium was an idea that had legs more than what we were just seeing. So what we're going to let you know about today is like how we really validated our idea, how we got to know our customers, um, how we proved that Vodium actually does work, which was a really fun research study we did. Um, research we did on our own and research we hired out. And then like what's to come for us in 2024? Not to say we're post-research, um, but we have done a lot of it and we obviously feel really good and confident about where we are today. So excited to share kind of the behind the scenes of what we've done and learned over the last three and a half years. Okay. Well, before we talk on our terms Mary, let's really quickly start off with the run through. I want to talk about my latest virtual hack, and I'm actually going to give the audience uh, a little fun, fun thing today. And I'm going to pretend this is a commercial, an actual Lube sponsorship. Okay. Sponsor us, Loom. Okay. Here we go. Um, the virtual hack I want to talk about is Loom. I hate writing emails, I get so much anxiety. Wait, I can't do that. Okay, wait. I hate writing emails. I get so much anxiety and overthink any email, but I also don't have time to set up a call or set up a calendar invite to someone or send a calendar invite to someone. You're great. Oh, I think I actually wrote this as a commercial, but anyway, how I'd write this in my commercial voices, I love Loom. I don't like writing emails. I love to, but I need to touch base with some awesome people in our sales pipeline or some also pe awesome people within our marketing opportunities. And 
I like to show up personally, right? A lot of people have given me feedback that how I show up, it gives them energy. I'm off the cuff. I want to talk more about them versus what's actually going on, but that's not true. It's kind of my super power where I like to connect to the soup, the souls of other people right. and be like, now put your name right, right. here. And Kimmy, tell us what Loom actually does. Oh yeah. So sorry. Loom yeah, is an amazing context. So all great context because we got familiar with Loom because they were a company that just went so viral right at the start of the pandemic. They are a video platform in the sense that instead of writing emails, their platform allows you to record videos and also capture your computer screen. So let's say you want to run over a quick agenda or a document to someone. And instead of having a meeting with them, you're going to record yourself and also your screen and just have that conversation asynchronously with them. They'll open it up on their terms when they can actually address it. They'll see a video. They'll feel like it's a personal touch. And then there was no need for a meeting and you're still being productive. So that's Loom for you. I use it all the time. And when I do use Loom, I also use Vodium on top. So whatever I'm relaying, it looks like I'm looking right at that person. So please download Loom into your virtual stack. Also download Vodium. You can use the promo code Vodium15 for $15 off. I also like to say, Mary just told me that Loom got fucking acquired and that's i'm i'm fan i'm really fangirling over that because they were one of the first companies that i got to learn alongside of what a tech company is because mary i came in fresh into the Mm -hmm. tech scene when you really guided me it's really cool and encouraging uh to see a fellow virtual communication tool be acquired for a billion dollars. I think it was something like 975 million and they got a lot of shit that it wasn't a full billion dollar uh, acquisition. And uh, someone wrote a very beautiful rebuttal. Like, what are you talking about? That is almost a billion dollars. We're going to call it a billion dollars because they're a unicorn and it's awesome. Who wrote that? Uh, That's so annoying. annoying. Thank you for being our news reporter. Tell me then a news story that you can't get enough of right now. Uh, News story I can't get enough of, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Like every other woman uh, in America right now. And, you know, not being gender biased, many men too. Uh, I'm I'm really jazzed about our girl T-Swift finding a great guy in Travis Kelsey. Um, I did play the joke on my husband where I was like, oh my God, Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map and he didn't fall for it. He had already seen it. So he was already seen "Ah, it. Yeah. Right. Um, But here's my hot take. It is different than probably what everyone else is saying. Like I've read some interesting theories about how, is it PR? Is it not? Is she doing it to show the NFL that they should pay her to come play the Super Bowl because you don't get paid when you play the Super Bowl? I I don't know. Here's the piece that's most interesting to me. We have seen more from Taylor Swift. In the last two months than we have in, what, two and a half years? And I'm not talking about, like, her on Netflix or her at her concerts, right? Like, in the paparazzi, showing PDA. And my hot take is that her ex-boyfriend, fiance, were they engaged? Ex-boyfriend. They did have a a ceremony during the pandemic, supposedly, but no rings were involved. It was like, let's recommit our... Yes, Joe Allen. And if if our friend Ryan is listening, I'd love to get his take on this because he's really (laughs) our T-Swift expert. But I think Joe Allen must have been an extremely controlling uh, boyfriend partner, did not like her to be out in the spotlight showing any PDA. I mean, she kind of wrote about it on the Folklore album in the song Peace, if you are (laughs) like me. Um, But I hate that because, you know, most high performing out there women know there are some men that just want to control you. They're not the ones you want to end up with or marry. Um, and it just seems like marry or kill. <laughs> a great guy who uh, is like, yeah, like you're famous. It's awesome. Like be yourself, be out there. Like they're in, they're falling in love. They're having fun. And I think that's awesome. And as someone, um, you know, who feels that freedom in my marriage and relationship, I think it's beautiful to see Taylor going through that as well. So yes, 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 yes. God, I am going to tag Dumois, one of our favorite pop culture newsworthy podcasts and reporters, influencers. I listen to her podcast all the time, and I think I should submit that take to them because 
It's a great take. Thanks. Also, a- another thing that I feel very empathetic with of what's going on is Taylor Swift is trying and hustles every single day to be taken seriously as a business person. Yeah. As a business woman. Oh, I can't. And- Sorry to interrupt. We forgot. That would have been a perfect transition. Speaking of billionaires, this was announced as the billionaire this week too. Go T Swift. We love our boss bitches. Sorry. I, I am I also am looking for my Travis. That's what I'm gonna have on my shirt one day. Uh number that. number 87. We want that <laughs> to my life. <laughs> okay, so. I myself have experienced uh, some blurred lines when it comes to being a woman who also wants to be taken seriously in the workspace mm-hmm. because how I see Taylor to your point is like, she's so flirty. She has this really like amazing feminine, like awesome, sexy energy. She's feeling light, happy. Like she gets to kiss a dude's cheek out in the open. He's super fine. Like he's, he's a big guy. Like, I don't know if she's ever experienced that before. So we're seeing a picture captured of a moment that I can sympathize of having in so many relationships when I'm first really liking someone. Um, But because, okay, so she's a billionaire. She's made so much success with the arrows to her. She is a fucking businesswoman, a brilliant one at it. And then now when we see her so feminine out and about being giddy, we shame her so much or that's then opportunity for people to be like scrutinize her yeah and it's like i've i have felt that way when i present myself in professional settings of how feminine should i be Mm -hmm. encroaching in this meeting what am i going to wear you know how do i wear it because that has affected how people think of me i don't know if that makes sense yeah what i'm loving is that it feels like everyone's just letting her have this moment and celebrate it i'm sure there are haters out there who aren't taking her seriously, but it feels like everyone's like, no, fuck yeah. Like go enjoy your life. Like you deserve this. Cause a hater's gonna hate, 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 hate. All right, Cammie. Okay. What uh, are we reading, baby? Here's something a little more serious. I know you've got us some AI hot takes for us today. So this may be an interesting thing that people will get to know about me, but I was, my parents grew up, when I grew up, my parents were always watching Morning Joe in the morning, and I still always put Morning Joe in the morning, and then I listen to a lot of news podcasts. I just like the sound of something in the background. It's like Sunday football, you know? Yeah. So the other day, I was watching them, and they were interviewing Dr. Joy Bulamwami. <laughs> yes, I think I, I nailed it. Um, she has written a book called Unmasking AI. And I saw her on Morning Joe, and this is just a snippet of her book. Unmasking AI goes beyond the headlines about existential risks produced by by big tech. It is the remarkable story of how Bulamwami uncovered what she calls the coded gaze, the evidence of encoded discrimination and exclusion in tech products, and how she galvanized the movement to prevent AI harms by founding the Algorithmic Justice League. Now, I'll stop there because just the other day, you and I were talking of, I approve of AI when it can better systems, where it can be a huge factor of progressing technology forward of how it can improve systems, improve communications, make decisions stronger. And then I always envision that there are, of course, always humans at the top having control over the AI and like inputting what they want to receive out of it. Right. And she, to what you've said in the past is like, I, what did you say? AI gen, gen, gen AI. I'm like, what even is that? Well, it's the hottest term in tech right now, gen AI. So uh, I had to look this up too. I didn't know what it was until I had to be on a podcast last week and talk about it. But gen AI just means generative AI, meaning AI that's creating content, right? So it's, it's chat GBT. That's my understanding of it. But I think the, I can't wait to hopefully read this book after, although I'm kind of on a only read happy books train right now. So I may let you mm. read this and give me the synopsis, but um, it's really interesting. Like, of course, AI is biased, right? Like, of course it is because you have biased humans that are creating it and writing the algorithm. 
So, oh my God. So just even, think about this is it. Good, but this is a good segue into our product, but like we have a very simple tech product. But <laughs> when we were creating it, like you you don't think about all the discrimination and biases you have no. even around ableism. And so like when we were creating our product, we thankfully, and, and I'm not going to give us a bunch of credit for this because it's not perfect, but we stepped back and said, how would this be used with someone who had a vision impairment, like a hearing disability? Like we thought about those things and, but it doesn't come naturally. Like you have to think about your own biases as, you know, for us, like Bro. we are, you know, but like everyone, but it is scary when you've got a bunch of, sorry, like men just coding these algorithms that are going to run our lives. Like, Okay. Well, I will let you know about the reading of Unmasking AI. I'll probably read like a few pages of every chapter here and there and just be fired up and not know what to do with it. But yes. Thank you for reading it because, you know, not to out you, Cammie, but you're not the world's biggest reader, but you have been getting into business books lately. I think it's cool. Mm, I may be just collector. I'd rather listen to shit like, hey, if it is audible on audible, I'm going to crush it. Because right. I love podcasts. I love people reading things to me. Okay, so, wait. Anyway, let's, I'll let's let's hold, let's uh hold I'm accountable. Your take on this debate. Yeah, I will hold you accountable. If you listen to a book on Audible, do you consider it reading the book? I I love this. Um, um is it exerting different ways of intake? Yes. I don't know what the debate is. There a bias at the debate? Yeah, no, there's a debate. Like, I, don't I don't think so. Okay, so yeah. I didn't, some people I didn't, are very, very staunch that if you just listen to an audiobook, you haven't read the book. But if you've listened to the, let's say, Harry Potter book one on Audible, and someone asks you, "Have you read Harry Potter book one?" and you've listened to it, am I? Mine? Yeah, you fucking read it. Yo, this is triggering, bro, because it's making me feel like the way I learned. <laughs> needs to be in a certain way because when I read, when I read, that gives me anxiety because it's really hard for me to focus when reading. Um, uh, and sometimes hearing something allows me to really pay attention and visualize stuff so I can really feel interested anyway. Jesus, can we just talk about our research and why it was so fun? Because Mary and I are so curious and we go so deep on things. We just, just listen to what we just did. So I want to talk about validating our idea. That was one of the first topics we wanted to talk about. So when we came up with the idea of Vodium, a virtual teleprompter, from my past experiences of being in broadcast journalism and then being within the commercial industry, a teleprompter is like a a no-brainer for me. But not a lot of people know about it, or at least that's what I assumed coming from my career and how I'd work with people and train them to be on teleprompter. So immediately when we launched our beta and people downloaded it, I, I remember going to Mary and be like, oh, we got to figure out who in the world downloaded this and why they need it. For me, it was less of coming from Mary's background of product marketing and research and understanding how to talk to your customers. For me, it was more of like maybe self-doubt. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well, and talk about Unimai because this is really interesting. Like we've had a, uh, we're going to outline today, tell you all about the research we've done, but we've, we've hired research out. We've worked with companies and organizations to do full-scale research projects. And then we've done our own research, but I think the cool, one of the coolest projects we've done was with Unum AI. So talk about Skylar and we'll tag him here too. Hey, Skylar, thanks for being our first research partner. Hey, Sky Cat, Sky Sky from Colorado. Um, well, he and I were, started off just a conversation over the pandemic. His dad and my dad are friends. They're involved in politics, you know, always supporting local causes. So they've connected through their legal careers and political careers. And so when I was talking about research of what I wanted to do, I was living at home. So I was just, you know, always at the dinner table talking to my dad or mom for any advice or any thoughts that they had. So my dad recommended I reach out to his friend's son, who is a part of this researching on Google. Like my dad had 
did not know how to say this, but he was like, Skylar does something. And so I had to call Skylar and ask him what he really does and what he researches. And then we had a love of politics and our doubting of polling and the misconception. So essentially Unim AI does in-depth research of online searches and the trends of online um inserts of what people are thinking why are they thinking it where are they thinking it you know and what how that indicates what people are are uh, feeling at any given yeah. moment and he and i were like this would be awesome for campaigns because polling is just a snippet well and that's um, where they started right like he he sought to replace polls with seo search volume and inquiry data right and i wanted to reach out to one of many of my friends who are proper researchers within politics. And I mean, I'm like, they can fucking research anything, and get me an answer. But Skylar knew this world. And what we knew is that people everywhere during the pandemic, the first thing that they are doing is going to search something of how do I freaking survive during a virtual <laughs> pandemic? How do I look like I know what I'm talking about on video, right? How do I look at the camera? What am I looking for? So obviously people were looking for a pain point when they, or had a pain point in mind when they were searching for something that brought them to Vodium. So Unam AI dug up a lot of search engine optimization data. They found people that were interested in teleprompters. And this was heavily towards the beginning of the pandemic. I believe it was 2021 still, right? What we found was that the increased search volume for video conferencing platforms was through the roof, like Zoom, like Teams, Google. Um, no surprise there that Zoom's market share was through the roof through their search volume. And they had the biggest growth right in the beginning of the pandemic and everywhere you search reflected that. And it was so cool because they did an analysis for us on market share based on search volume. Yeah. And when the numbers came out like six months later, it matched exactly what the actual market share was in terms of users that Zoom and Teams were self-reporting. It was wild. But they, they told us like, look, like the search volume for virtual teleprompters has grown something like I don't know, what was it, like 500% over the last six months. So like we, what that did for us was validate, okay, people are our idea. For, <laughs> our idea. Yeah, people are looking for this. You know, the, the platforms that you play with, Zoom, Teams, WebEx, like search volume is also increasing for those. So like, yeah, keep at it. It was just a really good marker. It was a great marker. It was so much fun. I, I, I recommend anyone who wants to validate their idea to have fun with it and don't be afraid of the answers to come yeah. because if you really love what you are doing this is going to invigorate you somehow whether it's to move you forward or have you pivot and my god have we pivoted so the, the after unum ai what an awesome you know, let learning experience that we we're like, oh, people want this, right? Yeah. So as people began to come through and download Vodium, the next level of research was now let's get to know them, right? We know that, okay, let's spend another year on Vodium. This research is telling us that there's a market for it. Now let's get to know our customers. So Mary, can you talk about our experience with the user story? Yeah. So we, we initially hired this company called The User Story, and they do indeed have the domain, theuserstory.com. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Um, and they do a lot of UX design and research. And so we, we hired them to, to build out our product roadmap and help with the UX and UI of our product. But then we realized we were like working with some of the smartest product thinkers and design thinkers that we'd ever known that who do research for like for work. And we were like, wait a minute, we're onto something here. What if you guys did a research study for us um, that was both qualitative and quantitative across three continents? So Europe, uh, North America, and Australia, uh, to tell us like what professionals were thinking, professionals and leaders were thinking about hybrid work and virtual communication. And they're like, oh yeah, that's totally in our wheelhouse. And we were like, okay, amazing. So we did. We embarked on a, I think, a four-month project with them last year. We surveyed hundreds and hundreds of people. They did dozens of in-depth interviews with people, blind studies. It was just 
wild to be a part of. And the goal of the study was to understand the hybrid work and future of work landscape and also how people were perceiving our product. And so, and the need for our product. Um, and what we found, thank God, was really validating again. It was like another marker, but we also got a ton of great content to push out in the market. So I'll give you some, some highlights. So what we found from the study were that 72% of professionals will rate you negatively if you're looking down at your notes when presenting virtually. So if I'm like doing this and reading, 72% of you guys in the audience are like, oh, Mary's like not on top of her shit today. Like imagine, imagine like it, it's so hard. The thumbnails on video conferencing platforms should not, are not where they should be. And how you move people's video thumbnails on video conferencing platforms should be so accessible. Like, right. It should be like blocks. Like, let me yeah. move it here and move it there. So, so many people think that if I see Mary's thumbnail on the corner of my Zoom meeting, I'm going to look at her, right? Isn't that just instinctual? Because when you're in person, you're I'm like, doesn't look like I'm looking at the camera. Even I do it. We all do it. But instead you need to be looking up here at the camera using Godian. It's well here, here. The, another key research is that this, this, this research was known before going into the pandemic and pivoting a majority of work onto video when you meet someone in person, right? I was always raised to shake the person's hand hand and look at them in the eye. I sometimes I feel make people uncomfortable because I have such great eye contact. Um, but I was taught that eye contact is really important for listening. Now, because I have great eye contact, sometimes I don't listen too well. I'm working on it. It's like, yeah. So we know that eye contact increases trust by 16%. I yeah. don't want people to feel overwhelmed like they have to be looking at the camera all the time. Vodium is there to help make it easier for you, right? It's a teleprompter that positions itself right underneath your computer's camera, and you can read text while also seeing what's behind you. And it will always help you look like you're looking at the camera mm -hmm. or looking whoever's directly across from you. Because if you want to make an impression on someone or if you want to ask them something very seriously, right, you want to be looking at them or they won't take you seriously. Well, that applies to on video. It still applies on video. The other thing we found was 90% of people can tell if you are not confident when presenting, which is pretty crazy. Especially hi, 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 Mary. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. Let me. Presentation today. Oh, what a fun no. tab. Oh, sorry. No. Oh, if that's my job. Use Vodium. I mean, this is, this is good stuff, guys. Like pretty crazy. I mean, you can tell when someone's not confident uh, in person. So obviously you can tell over camera, but you know, with public speaking being the, still the number one fear for people everywhere, like take advantage of being virtual because there's so many tools like Vodium that can help you even just appear more confident, even if you're not feeling it inside. Um, this lastly, is the most crazy one. This is crazy. So we did this study last year, 2022, two and a half years into the pandemic. 98% of the professionals we surveyed and talked to across three continents had not received any virtual communication training. And we're all working at hybrid offices. Crazy. So, so that was a, a huge, a huge data point to get back because then that made Mary and I really curious about that seems like there's a whole new market there. And when we talk about our next section of research, right, we finally got this validation that there is definitely something to sell because there's a huge pain point. We're getting those data points. And then there's this gap, literally, that we're seeing that professionals have not received training. So I know the pandemic was really, really quick, but leadership on certain teams, there was no one essentially thinking, hey, you all, if we had a team of sales professionals scripted and adjusted and accustomed to a certain way of how we approach our work. And then they pivot to a video setting on an office with no outside stimulation or physical communication. Um, manners and tactics and approaches and how people are perceived definitely changes. So it's like, it was surprising to me that some of the top leadership didn't think if all of my managing partners used to fly out 
to land deals and or pitch for proposals. And now they are making these pitches on video. What we've known out of all all many conversations is there's a lot of people not doing their best on video and it is actually affecting bottom lines. And no one's talked about that yet, but we're going to. But people will talk about it in 10 years, I feel. Like it'll be interesting in 10 years from now to look back about how sales dropped so much. So that led us to be like, whoa, 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 there's a market. So now let's further show how we can prove that Vodium actually does work. So people aren't confident. People are struggling to make eye contact. and, And oh, guess what? There's a lack of training. So this means that people would benefit from this, right? Because this would improve off the bat how they are feeling and selling on videos. And we, our gut said, yeah, product works. And our customers were saying, yes, your product works. Like people are telling me like, you were the most amazing presenter. I felt confident, blah, blah, blah. But did the product actually work? And that was the second test we did with user story, which was an A-B test of uh, an off-the-cuff meeting using Vodium and then not using Vodium, and then a speaker presenting a speech using Vodium and not using Vodium um, that was you know, done, shown to a blind audience with a survey. And the cool thing was, guys, we found out that 94% of people thought speakers using Vodium appeared prepared and confident, and 66% of audiences trusted a speaker more when they were using Vodium. So Needless to say, Vodium works. Like it pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's that's a sizzle. That's a steak on a skillet. It's sizzling, baby. Sizzling. Okay, I'm putting my glasses. Put on those glasses again. It's uh, ninety-four. Also, I ninety-four. They are Cammy's glasses. So I'm (laughs) whatever. We're so maybe left them here one time. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so Cammy, I, I want you to talk about this first part, uh, the B2C users, but um, oh. we did a lot of research on our own, guys. And if you're a founder listening to this and you're like, okay, guys, I don't have tens of thousands of dollars to spend on research, which <laughs> is what we spent on research. It was a very big investment, but for us worth it um, because now we're going to write a book on all this research, which is really exciting. Um, but we just talk to people, talk about the early days of our, talking to our customers and learning from them. Well, just like my past days on political campaigns, I get down and dirty. I hit the streets and I get to know the constituents. (laughs) So I did the same on video, baby. Mary and I would throw ourselves at anyone who would download Vodium and be like, hey, do you have 15 minutes to talk to the co-founder of Vodium? buy them coffee. Like we'd always send them a $5 gift card. We did anything to get more input because at the end of the day, another way to grow anything is also to create grassroots mentality. So we were thinking that if this woman from Alabama is downloading Vodium, I want to get to know why in the world she's downloading Vodium. Now, some people for sure during the process of taking time to listen to people's stories and know that to get the information you want from them may not be very easy or it may not be the conversation you want, right? Because so many people just want to talk to each other. So not yeah. only was it the pandemic and people wanted to talk to people because, yeah, it was a lot <laughs> But Mary and I wanted to show that we were super, super uh, interested in knowing what was yeah. going on in people's pain points when it came to this specific area. And it was interesting to see how much, is this the right word? Solace <laughs> we provided to people. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I never thought to use that word, but that's ex- a great use of the word solace. Yeah. Like people were in distress. They were really good mm. in person and suddenly thrust behind their computer's camera. Thrust. Delivering the most important messages of their lives. And when they would find Vodium, they would be like, oh my God, thank you so much for creating this tool. I, I could cry. So many people have said, you've changed my life. Thank you for creating this. And it seems so simple, but like this is your, these are people's, you're now living your life in front of a laptop and a little green dot. So um, 
Yeah. Yeah. We met some cool and people. Dr. Leo. Remember Dr. Leo from Cedar Sinai out in LA? Amazing. That's Dr. We've Leo. Met, uh, you know, I met with a chief climate scientist, like members of Congress. Who was like your most interesting user you ever talked to? The president. Yeah. We <laughs> the president team call us. We would love to get Biden on podium. No, he would never. But here, here's me knowing our audience as well, right? When I said the president, I was just gonna. I just said the president because my dad's the president of a university, so the president in my life. But another thing about researching is we also know that not everyone is going to think the same of how they want to use Vodium or mm. why they want to use of, of or they don't have the same use case or pain point that they are solving. And Vodium can serve people for like a one-time itch that they need to get through, um, which has served and been so great for people, especially for our B2C individuals. But a majority of our day-to-day -day users are content creators, sales individuals, people who have back-to-back -back video meetings or who do a lot of content. So that was really assuring that we felt like we had that market. But we then dabbled into the B2B market because through the research that we did with the user story and then also research that we just did on our own with a lot of conversations we've had with business leaders and enterprise individuals is companies are struggling. Even yeah. the best companies like Fortune 10 don't have comprehensive work strategies or virtual communication trainings. And um, we also learned that it's really hard for these big enterprises to work with small companies. Yeah. So I would say over the past two and a half years, we've been learning how to work within those systems, but it's also shown us you know, where's our time best spent in really painting the full picture of who needs Vodium because yeah. another scary thing that research shows you is whether you have a lane to play in, but what if you have multiple lanes that are working, where do you invest your money in? It's really, really hard. It's so hard. <laughs> and like, you know, I think that if you're a founder out there with, you know, going the B2B route, the best way to learn about your B2B customers is to go sell. And if you're a marketer at a company, a B2B company, like go talk to your sellers because we learned more from just setting sales meetings, like just going through the process, talking to people, asking them questions than we could have ever learned about the state of virtual communication and hybrid communication in corporate America from any research study we did. So it's like you got to roll up your sleeves and talk to people. Um, yes. And like Jimmy said, it is really hard, but we've learned so much. And we've learned that we don't just fit into one buyer, one use case within a large corporation. Like we fit in in multiple places, which is hard, um, but it's also – it's great news, you know, and it, it's been fun to learn. Well, fun to I don't want people to be discouraged by hard because I no longer flinch at the word hard because yeah, that's life. It's an uphill battle when you don't know something going into it. You'll have to actually make climbs and make movements to feel confident to approach to the next step. But what is what was hard in the past was the the doubt that I could do it or that I could be the one to navigate that journey. Wow. Um, and that's just doubt and self-criticism and imposter syndrome. But I want to make a shout out to, in terms of rolling up your sleeves, I want to give a shout out to Kath Carter at Ernst & Young. Yes. When we were in Nashville through the Nashville Entrepreneur Center and Beth Chase, no, not Beth Chase, Sherry. Brain Trust. Brain Trust. We got connected with Kath and Kath Carter is a badass at Ernst & Young. And we spent time with her to really have her understand the individuals that could benefit from Vodium within what we understood people at Ernst & Young could benefit from. But then she also understood that technically we needed to learn how to work within such a big, big company like that because we're really simple and small. And sometimes that ironically intimidates 
security and IT teams the most. So she set us up with IT folks and security wow. folks, like awesome leadership people, some of the best like dev minds of understanding ecosystems and technology so systems, yeah. Brian and Jonathan and Ernst and Young shout out. So that was really fun yeah. too. Like also get to know the nerdy and technical stuff because the smart people, the People who are like, yeah, this is great. You got to sell them or be like, we'll talk to Joe over there. Oh He's in God. security. And you're like, what? Yeah. What? And then Joe's going to have a million questions for you. But make sure your friends, I think, is the our B2B sales tip here. Yeah, Cap, God, Cap's amazing. She also runs the EY winning, entrepreneurial winning, winning, winning women program, which invests in like the top female companies across the globe. So, so many. Winning women, women, winning, winning women. Um, okay. So Cami, like we've learned so much. What's in store for 2024? Uh, you know, like we know there's a need not only for our product, but for other things as well. Yes. So, all right. This is, this is a cool question because this is how I think about it. You know, we've done so much with the amount of capital and time that we've raised and had, and we are genuinely looking for the business opportunity here because for our careers and our business resume, it is just such an awesome journey we're going through because we're constantly opening up our eyes to different ways that Vodium can make money and or be successful, whatever that means, but also help people. Yeah. Our leading post is helping people. So, which is really fun that through our research, we are going to be creating things that can be easily accessible for people. So we're doing trainings and we want to be actual virtual communication coaches. We're going to start launching a training series specifically honed towards sales individuals. Think about very green sales reps that are joining your now virtual team. They need to feel confident when knowing how to talk to a prospect on video, right? And Vodium is that tool that allows them to not necessarily have to memorize and feel so nervous to say the right thing on their first calls and Vodium can kind of be a cushion for them. So that's really something exciting. And then I get to hone into my broadcast journalism days and my on-air presence. So I'm excited for the training series we're putting together. Um, but Mary, you're also taking on something really, really awesome. You mentioned yes. it earlier. It's the book. We are writing a book. Uh, pretty crazy to say it. We will be published authors alongside our marketing manager, William Madour. But um, yeah, the three of us are writing a book. We are taking all of the research we did last year that we've talked about on this podcast. We're doing a ton of interviews with really cool leaders uh, across a bunch of industries who we think are doing a great job, like building teams and running teams in the hybrid world. Um, and we're going to package it all up into a playbook. It's 100 pages, really digestible, really visual, full of really interesting tidbits and advice and practical strategies that you can use uh, to implement just more efficient and better uh, strategy within your both your like hybrid uh, workforce, but also your virtual communication, um, which it all boils down to. That's my first time like really pitching what this is about. So <laughs> rusty, but um, it's going to well, be- no, this is how I think about it. So we just right. mentioned Kath Carter. So let's say someone like a Kath was running a huge global team at Ernst & Young, and they had a team of like junior representatives who are really on video all the time supporting their clients. It was a team of 20 and Kath was like, oh shit, I read this book. It was so fun. It was super digestible. It's basically like a 101 guide to immediately have a shift and adjust your team's systems to virtual. You could hire us and we could implement that book to a T and use yeah. it as a guide for your team to digest and also use as like a marker for whenever they need a boost because this is a, a new and evolving mode of life. And we've just been selling and building a company in it that we've learned some really easy tips. And it's a, a leadership mentality. It's a coach mentality. And I think 
especially what you'll also digest in the book is virtual is totally a possible way to approach work, mm -hmm. but there needs to be perks and different layers to the expectations of why people will be motivated to work for you. It's yeah, like, let's do it differently. Like this new way of work requires new tools and new training and new strategies. Okay. And yeah. You, you gotta <laughs> do it differently. But I love what you said, Cami. I think the book, is, the book is for like the, you know, the managing partners, the leaders. I mean, even if you have a team of five people, you're going to get something from this book. And then all the training courses we're coming out for and our product like can really be implemented and used by your team. So we're trying to provide bottom-up and top-down help to organizations and teams who just want to become more efficient and better at communicating and working in this new reality that we're all three and a half years into. Yes, and three and a half years young, baby. And, you know, we're we're still going to hustle towards our goal of finding a force multiplier because through our research, you know, we know that as female founders, the amount of money that we've raised is amazing, but fundraising is really hard right now for a lot of people. It's not to say that investors aren't investing in women of color and women owned technology. There's just like less of a pool of it. So a pool of it. So it's going to come down to network and connections and how we put ourselves out there. So, you know, we have figured out ways, Mary and I, and are trying to figure out ways to, you know, stretch our capital while of course putting ourselves out there if any investor wants to come our way. But we've believed that through our research, Vodium is going to be instrumental and so influential to the future of how these uh, video conferencing platforms progress for the future of work. They need a tool like Vodium that is just a part of the ebb and flow of how their customers you'll use their ecosystem, right? Because no matter what the cus whatever their users are doing, right? If they're not coming off credibly on video, then what's the purpose of having all of these perks? So beautifully we're said. Going to that was Thank perfect. you. I could not have said that better myself. Wow, thanks. So yeah. next year we're trying to get that force multiplier and make that uh, marketing ploy and play. And that comes from building momentum. So we're playing the B2C route still, right? We're building our SEO game and we're going to be figuring out more research there. We're doing, uh, what are we doing? What else? Mary? We're like, going deep on B2B, B2B. Uh, B2B customers. Like we're, we're really trying to um, so if you want to work with us and you're a B2B company, there's my shameless plug. Now is the perfect time to do so. We are building an enterprise customer council where we're just going to go really deep with like 10 to 15 enterprise customers. We already have about 10 in the works um, and really get hands-on with training and tools for them to learn how we can make the biggest impact within uh, an organization. So instead of just like dialing for dollars and trying to get as much revenue and customers as possible. We're really trying to be smart and take this longer research-backed approach to see how we can build a blueprint for every type of company, a law firm, a financial institution, a small startup, all the way to a Fortune 100 company. Um, so then hopefully we can hire out a sales team next year and let them let them fly. And let them fly. But then this also shows that while we're building this momentum and getting deeper with, you know, hopefully 10 to 20 B2B prospects and customers. We're also looking for, what are we looking for? A resale partnership. What is yeah. that? that force? Yeah. Like, can you yeah, talk about that? Because yeah. but some people may be like, no, die on the sword of B2B. I'm like, with what sales team, with what capital and with what time? Um, so if you can tell Mary and I are like, it's like, if you were to read the obituary of Odium. You would no, read it. It is Dia de los Muertos, Cami. Maybe that's where your subconscious is going. Spooky. Yeah. Like, remember, a death is also a rebirth in Terra. It is. It is All Saints Day. Happy Dia de los Muertos. All Saints Day to all who celebrate. I actually love this holiday, but I digress. It's a rebirth, Mary, it right? Like we want to paint the full picture. <laughs> I think we're still alive and kicking. I don't, I don't oh, think Mary, when I say, when we get there, when we hopefully get there, when we get to the dream of oh, we've done all of this to finally have a rebirth of whatever Vodium becomes. Yes. Yeah, that's Vodium is. Hopefully will be rebirth when it is acquired by a large company. Yeah. 
that's completely yeah. what I mean, Mary. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, we're not done yet. We're that's kicking, like, bro. Whoa, we're, no, no, no. Honey. We got a lot we're of in this. Left. I'm, I'm real. I'm really excited. It's hard, but like we're now doing, we're stepping forward and showing a full picture versus one avenue. Yeah, that's exactly uh, it. So we're going wide versus going deep. Which, but which people have told us I don't, before. They have told us what? crazy. I literally oh. had the head of a VC say, are you kidding me? You guys are doing uh, B2B and B2C. There's not a single company out there that's successfully done both, to which our advisor at Microsoft said when we told him that, are you kidding me? That's literally Microsoft. So. <laughs> well, anyway, it was a good point uh, yeah. though that most startups fail when they try to do this. But for us, we know our product is needed in both. We are finding traction in both. And so we are, uh, I like to describe this as, um, I married someone from Kentucky, said so the Kentucky Derby, right? We're betting on multiple horses here. We're betting on B2C. We're betting on the B2B horse. But we're also, like you mentioned and wanted me to talk about, betting on this partnerships and reseller horse, right? Which is kind of the dark horse. And, you know, the B2B is out in front. It's the big horse. I mean, it's it's the one everyone's betting on. The B2C it's a fast horse, right? Like, and it's given us the most juice so far. This is the dark horse over here, the reseller. So we want to find someone who can basically plug Vodium either through white labeling or just including it in their bundle into their own sales program. So instead of going and hiring a bunch of sellers, we're just revenue sharing and giving our product to someone who already has reach. So if you're out there and that's you, give us a call. Uh, we hey. would be delightful to work with. Hey, Gary, it's Cam. Uh, yeah, uh, having Vodium on teams, it's a no-brainer, man. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. We've heard from all over the world. People are like absolutely freaking out about it. No-brainer, right? And it's like, okay, bye. We're going to get to that point, hopefully. One day. Hopefully One day. all the horses. We want to, uh, what is that called in horse betting? A trifecta. All of them, all of them hit. Yeah, a trifecta. One day. Okay, well... I want to say, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to On Our Terms. If you enjoyed this episode, please share our journey wherever you are on social. And please, please, please go subscribe and rate us on Spotify. Uh, we're trying to build up our audience there. Yes. Thank you so much. I hope this was very useful. Ta-ta, Mary. Ta-ta now. See you next week on On Our Terms. Uh, bye. Bye.